You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. So much. Great song. Let's take our Bibles tonight. Psalm 139. Love that song there. I remember hearing that for the first time. I was in Bible college, and it was on a CD, and love that song there. Psalm 139 in your Bibles tonight, and uh, yes, we are doing the Lord's table this evening. We're going to do it uh, at the end of the service. Uh, we have uh, t- Today's service is a little uh, special for us. We have our, our last kid is out of the nursery now, and so she's in our service today, little Kelly over here. And uh, so right before the service, I walked over and I was like, oh, Kelly, you're in, you're in big church now. And she said, I wrote it down. She said, Daddy, please don't preach loud while I'm sleeping. I thought, she's been talking to our deacons. I'm telling you what. No, I'm just kidding, joking. But uh, please don't preach loud while I'm sleeping. And thought that was just a very Kelly statement, if you know her. So that was great there. We're moving on our construction here. We're getting things uh, uh, done. The baptistry, of course, has been framed out. We're going to have a cross put in there. We're going to get the wainscoting up. We're going to start working on getting the carpet and all of that. And so it's, it's moving. Things are moving behind the scenes. And sometimes some of the work that we have to do is not stuff that you see. It's the, it's the behind-the-scenes stuff. And it seems like it's been going on and on and on, but uh, it's getting there. I would ask that uh, if you have children, just please keep them off these stairs here as we're getting these rails worked on. We have to actually replace these rails. And uh, but then we're going to have cable rail there and everything this week on Tuesday. We'll get that put in and uh, hopefully be all done with that. But just help us out there with safety's sake and not sliding down the banister or something. And for the adults, too, I guess we got some young at heart here. Uh, let's not do that. But uh, I'm excited about all these things. And then, of course, getting outside and trying to get some painting and all that done. Looking forward to that. So let's take our Bibles that were in Psalm 139 this evening. And I want us to look down at a couple verses, and I won't be lengthy tonight. I want to get to the Lord's table in in just a few minutes here. But I've got some thoughts here that I believe the Lord would have me give to you this evening. Look, if you would, at verse number 23, Psalm 139, verse number 23. I want to speak this evening on a spiritual checkup, a spiritual checkup. The Bible says in verse 23, search me. O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight's service and getting to gather together again with believers in Christ and with our church. And we just pray tonight that as the, the Lord's table, we already know, is a more sober, somber thing, a time of remembrance, a time of examination and analysis that, Lord, I pray that we would learn to get in the habit of giving ourselves even a spiritual checkup. So we pray for your blessings and your help and your spirit to move and work in our midst tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The context of these verses that we read in Psalm 139 The context matters. Uh, In other words, what's surrounding these verses in Scripture matters. Uh, This is not just out of the blue that David is praying this. If you read through Psalm 139, Psalm 139 is a beautiful, a beautiful passage of Scripture. 
A beautiful passage of scripture about God's love and God's care and God's concern and how God cared for uh, David even in the womb. It's a great passage of scripture dealing with the topic of, of the unborn's rights and abortion and things of that nature. How God knew and cared for David even in his mother's womb as verse 13 talks about. And as we, we look down at, even at verse 17, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake... I'm still, with, I'm still with thee. And, and, and David is, is just kind of uh, having a heart cry here about God's love for himself. And, and that's what David uh, draws David to the end of this psalm at verse number 23 and 24. So as we look at God's love in David's life, we should be driven to what it says here in these verses. Look again at verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, God's love should drive us to transparency with God. Let, 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 me, let me say that again. God's love in our life, because God loves you, because God loves me, it, should, it, it shouldn't cause us, fearing God should, you know, should not cause us to, to back away from God and to, to shy away from Him. It should cause us to be able to come to Him in transparency and openness, in honesty. Because the Bible talks about in the book of 1 John that perfect love casts out fear. In other words, mature love, when we grow in our faith to God, fearing God doesn't mean that we are driven further away from God, scared all the time. It means we should come to God with an openness and a transparency, not hiding things from God. You know why you shouldn't do that? Because you can't. So what good does it do you? God knows it all anyway. I turn next year the big 4-0. I know. Some of you have already started writing your, your speech for my funeral. You're like, hey, getting it down and uh, all of that. But uh, 40 years old next year. I got till July, so I got some time, all right, before I have to have a crisis but, uh, or a midlife crisis or whatever. But I have heard that physicals are a lot more interesting after 40. I've heard that physicals... You know, I went to my doctor a year or two ago, and I said, it's time for a physical. My dad had told me, you know they're going to do this, 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 and I was like, oh, no, they're not. And I went into the doctor, and I said, hey, doc, are you going to do this, this, this? And he says, oh, no, that's when you're 40. So next year, I look forward to this, 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 all of, all of the things that I didn't want, I look forward to. But you know why we do that? And hopefully you get a physical from time to time, or it's just like, hey, when an arm falls off, I'll go into the doctor. I hope that's not your, your attitude, but I went in and they analyzed my blood, gave me a pretty thorough examination. Why? Because I wanted to know if there's something wrong inside. A couple years ago, I, I, I was having some lung issues where I, I felt I would just get out of breath so easily. And I was like, I'm not that out of shape, you know. And, and, and uh, so I, I was having these issues and, and I'd walk up a flight of stairs or something. I'd be breathing fine. I'd just get deep pain here. And I was like, what is that? And I'd have to stop and just breathe for a while. And I was like, well, that's not normal. And it was going on for, uh, uh, you know, over a year. And uh, so I decided finally to go to the doctor and... Uh, 
So they said, all right, same doctor that gave me the physical said, let's give you, uh, let's give you some tests here. Let's make sure it's not your heart. So they did the, the EKG thing and all of that, and I was passed with flying colors, you know. And, and so then they, he sent me to a specialist for my lungs. And I remember, I, I'd tell you, I, I, that was one of the worst experiences of my life. And I went in there, and they put me into, they gave me all these different tests, blow into this, and suck air into this, and, but they put me into this, into this box. How many of you are claustrophobic? Anybody? Close your ears right now, ladies and gentlemen. They put me into, I'm 6'2". I'm not a small guy. And they put me in a pretty small box. I would call it a coffin, but, you know, they, they didn't call it that. And they put me into this box where they suck all the air out. And the guy locked the door. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm like, what is this? But uh, so they put me into this, into this thing, and I was sitting there, and there's like these tubes, and you have to breathe into this one. And they forced me to hyperventilate. They said, we want you to do this. We want you to take as big a deep breath in as you can and blow it out and do it as fast as you possibly can ten times. I've never fainted in my life. Never have I ever fainted in my Nothing has caused me to faint. But I tell I, I was as close I've ever been. I, it was a miserable experience, but I went through it all, and I come to find out there was nothing wrong. They found there's something wrong mentally, I think, with me, but there's nothing wrong with my lungs. But, but why, why was I doing this? Why was I subjecting myself? Because these, the doctors, and me too, I wanted to know, is there something wrong inside? Is there something that needs to be addressed? Is there something that needs to be fixed? And that's a spiritual checkup tonight that I want to encourage you to do. Because there are things that need to be addressed in our life. Now, God is a great God. God is a merciful God. God will not give you more than you can handle. God's not going to tell you all your problems at once. He's going to say, let's work on this, and you're going to get it fixed, and you're going to think, hey, I'm doing great. And then God's going to say, well, what about this one too? Oh, I didn't know about that one. You're going to get that one fixed, and surely there's nothing else. And then, yeah, what about this and this? And so th these spiritual checkups we're talking about are so important. These analysis, when you perform an analysis, what is that? It is a detailed examination. A detailed examination. It's very important that each of us perform a spiritual checkup every once in a while. A detailed examination. I always laugh. Uh, we have so many nurses and uh, folks that work in the hospital in our church that, that when anything goes down, it's amazing the equipment that our people carry. Y'all remember when we were outside and uh, during COVID, we had our services out there. And Mrs. Weldon's poor father was sitting out there in the heat. And he just, he laid down. It was just too warm for him. I saw ladies bringing out like defibrillators. I mean, I don't know how, where they're getting these things. They're like, we're, they're testing his blood sugar. They're like, I mean, like full, they had one of those caskets I was talking about where he can, no, I'm kidding. But they had all of this stuff. It just makes me laugh. But uh, we have a lot of medical professionals here. But it's important to have that checkup spiritually. And I want you to notice just very quickly tonight, three things David asked of God. First of all, he says, search me. Search me. Search me, O God. What does it mean to search? It means to explore. It means to examine or test. God, explore my heart. Get to every corner. God, examine it. 
Get the, get the microscope out. Get the magnifying glass out. God, examine my heart. Who can do that better than God? See, here's the problem. You don't know your heart. Our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But God knows it. And God can get in there and say, I can examine and explore that heart. The, the word search carries the idea of finding out information. Searching. Finding out information. What's David's prayer? He's saying, God, look into my heart and life. Look in every corner and find what needs fixing. Tonight, we're going to take part in the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes. And I would encourage you to pray this prayer. God, search me. Sometimes we just don't even want to know. But the spirit of David is knowing God's love should take away the fear of God searching my heart. Does that mean my heart isn't, doesn't have things? No, my heart definitely has things in it that need fixing. And your heart does too. But when I know the character of God and I know God's love for me, I'm not afraid to say, God, explore this heart. Find out what it is and help me fix it. So search me. But secondly, he says, try me. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. What does it mean to try? To try means to test. It's a very similar word. It means to test, to probe, to examine. What are the differences there? Whereas the first word search carries the idea of finding out information, exploring something. The word try carries the idea of learning the genuineness of an object. You're trying it. You're, you're, you're testing the object. I don't know if any of you saw this. There was a viral video. It doesn't mean it had a cold or anything, folks. Some of you are like, what's that mean? Uh, it, it, it was just popular online. And uh, it was a video in the, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, the NBA team. They had a, uh, they had a camera uh, crew come to this couple on the front row. The Atlanta Hawks were playing the Portland Trailblazers. And this couple was in Atlanta wearing Portland Trailblazers uh, uh, shirts. And uh, they had the mascot come up with a diamond tester. And they were testing people's diamond engagement rings and wedding rings to see if they were real diamonds. And on the front row, court side, this lady held out her hand. And the mascot walks over with the... Now, it was, it was all set up. It was fake. It was supposed to be. But the, the people really do this, though. And so he walked over with this diamond tester thing. It wasn't even turned on. And he put it down onto her ring. And, it, and he said, it's not real. She looks over at, at the, her fiancé, and the fiancé is like... You know, don't, don't, don't do it. And so she put it back on there again. Ah, and so she takes off the ring and throws it at him and then runs out of the, uh, the, the arena. The announcer's like, it's going to be a long flight home to Portland and all that kind of stuff. But it was all set up. It was meant to be funny. It was meant to go viral and all that. But I have watched videos of people doing this for real, going to uh, places and saying, hey, can we test your engagement ring? Can we test your, your, uh, your earrings that your husband gave you? Whatever, to see if it's real. That's the idea here of examination, finding the genuineness of an object. And really, what, what the thought there is, hey, we want to be authentic before God. We want to have a real faith. 
We'll have a, a genuineness before God. And so David's prayer here is, God, look in my thoughts and, and my heart and purify my motives. Help me to be authentic. Help me to be real. And tonight, as we take part in the Lord's Supper, I hope you'll pray, God, search me and explore my heart. And I hope that you'll pray, God, try me and, and help me to have the right motives. Make sure I'm genuine. Make sure I'm real in my faith. But then he says, thirdly here, not only search me and try me, verse 24, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me. Lead me in the way everlasting. To lead means to direct the movement of something. He's directing the movement. God, lead me. It means that God rules in my life. God is leading. God is ruling in my life. And God can show me what to do. So the prayer for David here is, God, you are king of my life. Guide me into walking the right path. You see there in verse 24, it says, see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, so God, help me not to walk the wicked way. Help me to walk the everlasting way, the things that matter for eternity. Now, I want very quickly here, you go, to, go with me in your Bible to Esther chapter 6. Esther chapter 6. Go back a few books if you would. Esther chapter 6 in your Bible. I want us to look at six verses here. I'll make a few statements, and then we're going to do our Lord's Supper. In the book of Esther, Esther chapter number 6, there is a man here by the name of Haman. Haman, in my opinion is pictures the devil more than anybody else I can think of. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar, and I've, I've mentioned that before, but the, I should say this, Naaman's pride is the, is the most incredible picture of pride outside of the devil. In fact, there are great similarities in the two that I have been looking at in my quiet time. But I wanted to bring this out very quickly here and just show you something. Look at Esther chapter 6, verse 1. On that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, what honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? In, in, in this culture, they would reward anybody that showed loyalty to the king. Why? Because they wanted more loyalty. And so for the king Ahasuerus saying, hey, Mordecai saved my life five years ago. What did we do for him? And the people said, king, we didn't do anything for him. Because this is all God's timing here. And so it says in verse 4, and the king said, who's in the court? Now Haman was coming to the outward court, court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, behold, Haman standeth in the court... And the king said, let him come in. So here's this wicked man, Haman, coming in to see the king. And notice verse 6. So Haman came in. And the king said unto him, what shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? So what's he saying there? He's saying, the king is asking his second in command, Haman. He's saying, Haman, when when I want to honor somebody and I want to do them a great service to recognize them, what, what, what would be fitting? What would be a good reward? And look at Haman's response. Now Haman thought in his heart, to whom 
would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? <laughs> it, it just amazes me. He's clueless. He is clueless to his condition. The king's asking me, so then he proceeds to say what he would want the king to do for him. He immediately assumes, well, I mean, who could the king want to honor besides me? What's the thought here? The thought is very simple. It applies to us in, in, in this whole idea of searching ourselves. Pride blinds you to who you really are. Pride blinds you to who you really are. How could, why couldn't Haman see this? Because of his pride. And when it comes to this idea of, uh, of self-examination, why don't we want to do it? Because we think we're fine. Because pride has blinded us to who we are. We are sinners. Sinners saved by grace, absolutely. But sinners nonetheless. It is very possible and very easy to deceive yourself, especially if you're proud. It is very possible and very easy to assume that you are doing well spiritually or in the work of the ministry only to find out later that, man, you know, I should have been doing some examination because I'm not doing as well as I thought. And those moments are not fun moments. They're not fun moments when God brings you to a place of, oh, I thought I was doing well, but obviously I've hurt someone. I thought I was doing well, but obviously this relationship is suffering. I thought I was doing well, but, and we can very easily self-deceive. That's why it's very important. And that's what I'm trying to get across tonight, that it's very important to perform a spiritual self-analysis with honest eyes, honest eyes, with biblical truth, and with Holy Spirit sensitivity. I want to say that again. That's why it's very important to perform a self-analysis frequently with honest eyes, biblical truth, and Holy Spirit sensitivity. I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with myself and with the Lord. I'm going to let biblical truth change me. I'm going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I want to just encourage you, in just a moment, we're going to have a time of, of prayer and give you an opportunity to do a spiritual checkup. I'm not your doctor. I'm your pastor, I'm not your doctor, but I'm here today spiritually to say, let's give ourselves a checkup. Let's let the Lord work in us. How foolish would it be? How foolish would it be to go to the doctor, find out something is wrong, realize there is a cure, but not do anything about it? Foolishness. And that's what James was talking about in James 1.22. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving, deceiving your own selves. So when you hear the word of God, do something. When God is speaking, do something. I'm going to ask Miss Stephanie to come to the piano. We're going to sing a song. I'd like you to get your songbooks out. I want us to go to song 71. We're going to sing two stanzas, and then we're going to do the Lord's table. I want us to sing song 71. If you, I, I'd encourage you to look at the words. I, I know they're on the screen tonight, so you can obviously do that if you'd like. We're going to sing the song, Cleanse Me. And I want you to sing it, singing it unto the Lord. As a prayer, as David did. On that first verse together, sing with me. Search me, O God. 
second together. I praise Thee, Lord, for cleansing me from sin. Fulfill Thy word and make me pure within. ask tonight that you would help us. Miss Stephanie,